Welcome to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. We're going to just have a kind of informal, casual, friendly, relaxed conversation with Fred Dodson. If you remember a couple of episodes back, Fred told his dramatic story of leaving New Zealand and finally landing in Orlando, Florida. Now, to show you the shift of energy, when Fred came to Florida, he scheduled a seminar, the first one in nearly three years since COVID. In less than three weeks, that seminar was completely sold out. That's indicative of the kind of energy that Fred stays in all the time. So I hope the takeaways for you from this little chat that we're going to have, it's basically a conversation, is how relaxed Fred stays even in the state of crisis. This was recorded beside a lake outside of Orlando, Florida on a sunny afternoon in Lord Jupiter, my sprinter van. Fred was the inaugural podcast recorded in here, and we just had a little chat as we were wrapping up the afternoon. Fred, we've been consumed with something over the last couple of years that has, in a way, taken away a little bit of our bliss. Let's spend a few minutes talking about how we can get our bliss back. This is a bliss blitz. <laughs> bliss back blitz. Bliss back blitz, yes. Yeah, how can we build back better? Exactly. I think that one's already taken, though. <laughs> we got to do our own. Bliss back better. Yeah. Bliss back better. Uh, how do we bliss, do it? Bliss back blitz. Uh, how do we do it? Well, I don't know. How do you do it, Thomas? Well, you're looking at it. Come to a beautiful place, open the door, record some podcasts, slice up some fruit. Life is good, you know? I mean, what I did, okay, what happened on here is there were a couple of things that I knew I needed to leave the area where I was, major air pollution being one of the big ones. So I was looking around at other places, and I had several pockets of places that I was targeting, and just nothing clicked, nothing clicked, nothing clicked. So what I did was bounce off of that nothing clicked. I was in Dallas visiting my second granddaughter. I've got two grandkids now, Fred. That's new since you've been away. Wow. Two grandkids, Lucy and Lily. Lily was born on November 5th, and uh, so I went to see her in early December. And my son and I were talking about, my son's a biomedical engineer, so he solves problems all day long. And he's good at it. So I was describing the whole situation, and the next day, I think he needed a little time to sit with it and think about it. We were playing with the girls, and he just said, he looked up and he said, Dad, you ought to be in an RV. You know, he said, you haven't sat still since <laughs> for a long time. He said, why don't you just get an RV and travel around? I mean, instantly, it was music to my ears. So I had a contact of a place that I should check out. I did. They had this one, and that's... There you go. Yeah, even though my wife doesn't know you and you've never met, she says, that fits so well to Thomas Miller. I say, what do you know about Thomas Miller? You never met him. But that's what she says. Greetings from my wife. That fits so well to Thomas, to her image of who you are. Wow, okay? that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's being picked up in the energetic field, yeah. right? He's just, he said, she says, he's just letting go and uh, following who he really is. And, and I, I really did say, what, what do you know about Thomas Miller? We joked about it, you know. That's an amazing perception mm -hmm. because she's absolutely spot on. Mm -hmm. You've said that she radars in on things like that. 
So, yeah, I see that you've opened up to your bliss and become more authentic, more of yourself. We can't change who we are. We can become more of who we already are, and you have, and so have I. Uh, despite all the troubles of the world, I'm actually doing better than ever before. That's true. Across the board. Across the board. Uh, Marriage-wise, better than ever before. Financially, better than ever, 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 ever before. And uh, health-wise, better than ever before. I feel very good. So there's really nothing to complain about. You know, I'm like, um, oh, the situation of the world, this and that. No, the situation is actually quite good. And I believe that anybody can individually prosper, even if the world isn't. What are some of the steps you would advise somebody if they feel a little stuck and they want to step into a more blissful state? You like steps, don't you? What are these specific steps? <laughs> I wish it were that simple. Step one, step two, well, step three. <laughs> right. It's more being, right? It's, it's first of all, you change the beings side of things so that's so what steps could i take to change the being side (laughs) (laughs) five steps see the five step thing those those little lists sell nowadays you know those are those are big deals yeah you know there's so many different approaches to this one is becoming more authentic which is to realize that there's things you are doing and being that you don't like to do and be and to cut that out Another is to enter or to define who you'd like to be and enter that version of you, act it out. Another is to uh, list the thoughts you'd like to have and the thoughts you don't want to have and practice the thoughts you'd like to have every evening before falling asleep and then putting the list below your pillow to have the thought fairy come and help you out. I mean, there's, there's a million approaches, but... I've already described them in so many books and in seminars and upcoming seminars. I want to answer this differently. What's the deeper question, Thomas? Can you ask the same question more deeply? When we are in a situation that doesn't serve or we don't like where we are, I hear this a lot. People try different things. They don't work. Something doesn't work. They feel stuck. So then the reality of the stuckness becomes the focus. And then I think what people start doing is looking for ways out of the stuckness. So what can I do? What can I be? What can I, what step can I take? (laughs) Whatever it is to get rid of this stuckness because I don't want this, but yet I can't change it. I hear this so many times. Yeah. First, first you actually take the thing that doesn't serve you and ask how it might serve you. You use that which is bothering you for your benefit. If you can do that, wow. You use the problem to your benefit. A couple months ago, I was stuck in a country. couldn't get out. And I used it to my benefit. I used it to learn all kinds of amazing, amazing things. I used it to teach. I used it to report to others. I used it to become more authentic in everything. So you got to ask yourself, how does this problem benefit me how could it serve me that is a great technique that's one of the originals from my book way back in the day parallel universes of self how does this issue serve me exactly as it is so that releases the resistance and you know how to deal with it you know and then 
Once you do know how it serves you, you have no resistance. You ask, what do I want instead? So that's when you shift focus to what you want instead. You have to know what you want instead. Otherwise, you're going to keep focus on what you don't want. And that's a simple step, you know. Step two, uh, you know, if you want steps, that's step two. Focus on what you want instead. And then you got to get into what you want instead. And there's so many ways to do that. You can get into that through your action, through your activity, through your word. You can talk yourself into it, you know. You can visualize yourself into it. You can command it to happen in the name of the Most High, and it shall be so, if you believe that. Only if you believe it. If you don't believe it, that method's not going to work. So it all hinges upon what you believe. You know, the other thing that I think is important, and again, I'm just coming off of some things that I, I remember reading here recently from people. For example, people say, I want to make more money. You've, you've said you just had a really good year during oh, a yeah. pandemic. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll bet that you employed something new or different, or you learned a new skill, or you put something else out there that wasn't in the mix two or three years ago. Yep. All right. I sure did. I, I used the pandemic. People say, people said to me, they say to me, oh, you being so open about your views on the pandemic is going to lose you a lot of money. The opposite is true. Me being authentic is making a lot of money. So if you had done everything that you did in 2018 this year, no way. You would have made what you made in 2018 or less probably. That's right. But you employed new techniques, you learned new skills, you probably had some intuitive guidance along the way, yes. I would guess. And and you got to do it before it's safe to do so. What most people do is they wait until it's entirely safe to take action, you know, until they're ready. They say I got to wait when I'm ready. I'll do it. Uh, I say do it before you're ready. You have to be out there front. I've noticed that from, I've been dabbling a little bit in the stock market, doing a little bit of trading here and there. Once the trend has happened and you're seeing it unfold on that chart. <laughs> it's too late. Guess what? It's O-V-E-R. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is over. Yeah. Done, right? You have to be ahead of it. Yeah, you got to be a, a few months ahead. And it's almost an intuitive sense that something is coming that you can't see yet then you have to take action toward that and be right. Yeah. That, you know, I uh, right before my country locked down, I went to New Zealand and spent 2020 without lockdown. I, could, I knew it was coming. I was also told it was coming, but I knew it as well, you know. And then uh, while the lockdown was happening in New Zealand, I once again escaped to Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that's the right decision. So the, And I just make decisions so that I can continue to live freely, and that's intuitive, you know. So I'm just going to keep doing this, like you with your van. I'm going to move from place to place, uh, buy property there, and if I have to leave, I'll just rent it out to somebody who prefers living in... In that area for that, a while. In that area, yeah. yeah. Being flexible. I mean, there's there's still people, they, you know, there's still people, they spend their entire life at the same place, Thomas. See, that's to me has been a key that I don't know. I just finally connected with how I'm wired is to change quickly. You are too. You're very adaptable. You don't get stuck in yesterday's newspaper. And that ability to, to change the chameleon, I mean, you're changing the colors based on the limb that you're on now, right? And that ability, but that also with that comes learning a new skill or deploying something different. 
and I've not been afraid to do that. And I think that I've added new revenue lines to what I've been doing. You have too. And to do that, you have to learn something. Yeah. It's not necessarily comfortable at all times, but it's more fun. And uh, yeah, you're just more alive, as you know. And rare today is that person who can do the same thing 10, 15, 20 years from now that they've been doing. Things are just changing too quickly. If you don't change, you'll be forced to. Yeah, exactly. You have to learn something new yeah. or you're going to get you're going to get outsourced, outdated. And we haven't even talked about the whole AI kind of thing. You know, the artificial intelligence, the new technologies that are coming in. A lot of jobs are going to be replaced by that. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that means people that need to learn something new and they need to be about it now. So that Yep. Know. Before AI takes their job, they need to learn a skill. They need to learn how to make money. More people in in my view the majority are are employees and workers and in my view we we need more self-employed. We need more self-sufficient people. It's it's for a healthy society. You know, you see what's happening these days. So in my perfect world, we have more self-sufficient, self-employed people. Maybe the pendulum will swing that way with some of these other changes. Yeah. Hope so. I do. I agree. Hope so. So when you're getting ready to take something new on or you know you're going to make some changes, does intuition lead what you're going to do? Or do you respond to external stimulus, stimuli, knowledge, maybe something you read, something you see? And then you decide to go in a direction. How often is intu- intuition or that you've really checked inside first part of the change or part of the new direction? I would say by now everything's intuition. Everything. And sometimes I take too long before I follow intuition. Like uh, I saw what was coming uh, in the country I lived in before. I saw what was coming months before, but I didn't take action I just uh, told my wife, this and this is coming. And it did then, okay? I told her. She said, nah. I said, yes, it is. Even though she's intuitive. She said, nah, it'll, it'll be okay. And then a month later, she said, you might be right. And then another month later, you're absolutely right. But we still didn't take action on it, you know? We knew it's coming, and we just uh, lazied around. So intuition is almost never the problem. Complacency is a problem. We pretty much know stuff the moment uh, it hits our sensors. I have a sense of, of what I need to do. People ask me, what are your New Year's resolutions? I don't have any because I already know uh, what I'm meant to do next and next and next. That's how to live intuitively. That's what I wrote about in these books on intuition. You know, There's no goals. I always talk about goals, but I don't have any goals. I know what to do next. It's just part of an overall plan that my soul or higher self or whatever you want to call it has. Something up there has a plan for me. Perhaps God, perhaps that which created me. Something has a plan, okay? And I'm just following the plan, and I know what it is, and I know what to do next. It's it's no big deal for me. I, I know exactly what the next step is every step of the way. It's just sometimes I take some time to take it, you know? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I might be a little quicker than you to take that action, you know? I'm more reactive and reflexive. Yeah, I think you might be be quicker than me. 
The reason I'm slow is because I don't want to be reactive. I want to observe for a while. You know, I don't want to, I want to be on the fence and weigh, weigh the options for a while. And that's okay. That's entirely fine to be that way. But usually it, it always turns out the way I knew it would months ago. You may think, why didn't I do it sooner? Yeah. <laughs> like, you think, oh, I could, was on that. Yeah. I could have done it sooner. You know, I could have invested in that, but I didn't. It's just, I don't need all that money. So, you know, I, I know I could invest in that or that and I would get so rich off it, but I don't. But does that slower timing work out for you in the end anyway? Yeah. My life works. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, you can stay in that relaxed position. Yeah. If it were to harm me, I'd, I'd change it. It's a... It's not a, it depends. It can be complacency or it can be observation. Complacency is harmful. And sometimes there's a fine line, you know. Sometimes I am complacent and then it is harmful, Thomas. But often it's just observing, weighing the options. Here is one parlay of this too. And I know you've written this in the books. And so this is this question is so ununique. I apologize for that in advance. <laughs> Because I got it right out of your books. Fred, hey Fred, how do you stay so productive? You know, it's, as we say, when we look at what you turn out, you turn out books, and my gosh, you, it's like, I don't know, you write them in your sleep or something. But you, you can put a book out, and then you've been doing music, you write articles on your blog. There is so much free content on realitycreation.org that you just, it flows out of you, it oozes out of you, and you play tennis, and you have a wife, and you're making money, and you're doing all these different things. It almost seems superhuman. How do you do it? Well, the trick is, and this is really the trick, and it's in my teachings, um, the career you choose, the vocation, the profession you choose, it's got to be your calling. Your calling is something that you also do for free, something you want to do anyway. So I asked myself early on, what would I do anyway if, if people would leave me alone and stop influencing me? What would I really do? And I keep asking that still, by the way, you know, uh, to this day, what is really me? This is not really me. Um, you know, um, it's pretentious. If it's not really you, it's pretentious. And if it's really you, you're going to be addicted to it and you're going to be very creative, very productive, very successful in it eventually. You know, I wrote books for 10 years without making a cent. I tell these people over and over. I want them to understand. I wrote books for 10 years. They didn't make any money. And then they're like, well, then why do you keep writing them? Because I want to, because <laughs> I like it, because it's really me, because it's authentic. Um, you know, so it was never about the money. It was what I really wanted to do. I mean, I've had some pathetic seminars, my worst seminar. Okay. I, I rented this gigantic hotel room and an 80 year old woman shows up and a teenager, a 14 year old teenager. And that's all I was expecting full house, 50 people. Okay, that that's all that shows up, and and uh, that doesn't even cover the expenses for this gigantic hall. You know what a pathetic seminar. And then I go to the reception and say, "Can I book a hotel room instead of this? Can I cancel this?" And you can't cancel it this late, so I had to pay the 
<laughs> the whole room for for the whole week, okay? And, and the uh, three of you sitting in there. Yeah, and then the three. <laughs> no, no, uh, we act. We actually yes. Went to the lobby. <laughs> no, we actually went to. I, I actually uh, so that it didn't look so awkward. I actually went to a small room. I didn't use the big room. I booked another room, and it was that was even more awkward because there was a bed there. Okay, there's <laughs> and there's this uh, old lady there and this teenager, and they have no vibe with each other whatsoever. Oh. Nothing to relate to, nothing and the, the the seminar goes a whole week and and, and you know I, so i I've, I've been through stuff but i kept kept on going there there and, and you know then there were very awesome seminars uh 500 people in the room um super high energy miracles happening people healing so i've had the very worst and the very best but all that doesn't matter what matters is that i look day to day and do what i really want you know and people are like my, my latest books they're like oh are you right conspiracy theories now or what and i'm like <laughs> because i want to you know and marketers go but you have to stay with your niche in order to su succeed i'm not looking to succeed i'm looking to be authentic to live a real life to do what really fascinates and interests me that's different than i want to succeed that's why i succeed but success is a just a side of that so why am i so productive because i do what's really me and if you do what's really you, you get productive. You can't stop. You don't want to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm just, this is just the beginning. And you said that. You said that about me, and that's true. This is literally just the beginning. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Okay, people are like, you write conspiracy theories? I say, you ain't seen nothing yet. I can write much better conspiracy theories than that. You'll see. Wait and see. <laughs> my grandfather, my maternal grandfather... He said, I remember at a, at a dinner gathering, a family dinner gathering one time, people were talking about age brackets. And he said, he was in his 60s at that time, and he said, you know, for me, life began at 50. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that uh, when Fred turns 50, then you're going to see lightning streaks oh, yeah. come down from the sky. It's going to be amazing. I mean, I have stuff planned endless beautiful stuff planned and that's my enthusiasm i know what's coming i know the stuff that's coming you don't but i do and it's it's uh marvelous yeah and that you're contributing so much to exactly what society needs right now is to change their perspective on their level of energy and their state of consciousness yeah you were there when did levels of energy when was it written 2006 i think Levels of Energy was written in 2009. Nine, okay. Parallel Universes, written 2006. So, I mean, you were there with Levels of Energy long before we hit this. You know, life was normal back in 2009. <laughs> it was just like you could expect tomorrow to be okay in some kind of way. And now look at where we are. Now we have to live by Levels of Energy. I couldn't imagine any other way of doing it, of being able to recognize what's going on today and put it in that scale you can instantly tell whether something is that which you should be attached to or not or not just like this thing up here <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it pulled off the wall we need levels of energy more than ever these days um, you know people could see the consciousness in certain countries and they knew what was going to happen and then it did happen 
and they see how like attracts like and then more of it happens and they also see how people get out of it you know so we're seeing nowadays we're seeing that very 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 clearly and that's that's beautiful that's beautiful not to be completely lost and oblivious and clueless i know i've said this quite a bit over the years but i cannot tell you guys how much that man has meant to my life and to be able to sit in that van and record these podcasts and to make that kind of connection after what we've been through with the pandemic was more than special. Fred, thanks a lot for the time. I really appreciate it. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the journey. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.